5: Good morning. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It is great to be here. Thank you all for being with us. I sure do appreciate it as we um, go through a rapid fire Friday. It is December 10th. We sure appreciate you being with us. Lots happening, lots going on. Some things, um, it's, none of it's good news from an economic perspective anyway. So let me go through uh, some of that. But we are, it is Rapid Fire Friday. We are going to go to your calls. I hope you will be staying with us. Well, inflation numbers came out. As we expected, they would, obviously. We knew they were going to come out. Inflation has accelerated to the fastest pace since 1982. 1982. That's how long. It has been since inflation has ever accelerated to this level. This is obviously going to be putting a lot of pressure on the economic recovery. I'm not sure what the economic recovery is. I guess maybe they're speaking about an economic recovery back to pre-pandemic levels, which I said back in the beginning of the year, that could never, ever happen. That is impossible for us to get to pre-pandemic levels in our economy. Impossible for the reasons that I've stated so many times. So I'm not sure what economic recovery they're talking about. The only thing I could think of that they talk about when they say that, they're looking for some sort of just trying to get back to a little bit of normalcy when it comes to consumer spending and consumer prices and workforce and those kinds of things which almost seem impossible as well but that could only that could be the only normalcy that they may be talking about i hope they're not talking about pre pandemic levels consumer price index which measures a ri- wide range, a big basket of goods, from band aids to pampers to food to energy to on and on, a wide basket of goods. This is a very uh, interesting, an accurate uh, indicator of inflation, obviously, when we look at these inflation numbers and these. Consumer price index numbers, there are always outliers. I'll give you one example. If you were to look at beef, just beef, steak, you know, that's up about 13 or 14 percent. Other food products up significantly. But this is a basket of goods that helps develop an average. Last month, it was at around 6.6. They were predicting 6.7. We got a, it rose 0.8, and we are at 6.8% now year over year. Again, the fastest rate of inflation growth since nineteen. 19- 1982, I remember 1980, well, from an inflation perspective beginning, I remember 1987 very well, we went into 1990 at a difficult time as well, from an economic perspective. When you exclude food and energy, which I don't care to do, but I'll do it for the sake of conversation because I'm afraid this is the number that most of you are going to see. This is the number that is going to be widely published today, which would be core CPI, because when you strip out food and energy, core CPI year over year is 4.9%. If you are a far-left, state-run media, what would you like to report? 6.8 or 4.9? Kind of a no-brainer. So that is the number you're going to hear. Pay no attention to it. It is core inflation. You all know what I've been saying about core inflation for a lot of years. It is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything to you and I. What matters is headline inflation. And we're looking at 6.8%. This is going to put an awful lot of pressure, as it should, on the Federal Reserve. I don't know. I mean, they've got to be scrambling. There's nothing they can do to scramble. The Federal Reserve has no business being concerned or trying to scramble. They have made a conscious decision back in February and March to make a conscious decision to lead from behind. So I don't suspect that would be leading at all, would it? But that's what they have done. They made a conscious decision to do that. They always do make a conscious decision to do that because they cannot make decisions about anything unless it has already happened. That's how they work. In February, oh, had they only listened to me. And I was the only one saying it then, so I'll take the credit for it. But if they had listened to me in February and March... And say, and raise interest rates. All I wanted was 12 and a half basis points, one eighth of 1%. Why? Just to put everybody in the mindset to increase the value of the dollar slightly, but more importantly, to bring global confidence or keep global confidence into the markets and keep consumer tensions and consumer pressure um, on higher. Inflation in check. But they didn't do that. They wouldn't do that. As a matter of fact, they saw no need to raise it at all. My hope was you do it in February, you do it in March, you maybe skip April, see how things shake out after first quarter earnings. And then in May, look at maybe a full quarter or 1% to raise interest rates. You've already set the table. You've already kind of telegraph that it would make perfect sense it would have kept inflation a little bit in check they chose not to do that instead they chose to call inflation temporary it's temporary it was temporarily going up then it has now been permanently going up and i don't th- i don't believe we've seen the end of it yet i suspect that the real inflation level the real inflation level has to be over 13% At this point. This is the sharpest pickup since 1991. Remember I said I watched the 90s. Same thing. We had a similar situation. At the very same time, CNBC has put out their All-American survey. This is a left Thinking, some far left thinking, which would be MSNBC, but this is this is some left thinking. These are mostly Biden lo- lovers. The approval rating for handling the economy and dealing with uh, Corona has declined once again. Biden's overall approval rating is now seems to be stabilizing a little bit lower. Level than the 41 percent, according to CNBC survey, it went from 46 percent approval to four. It went from 48 percent approval to 46 percent. I take that back. That's disapproval. It went from 46 to 48. your disapproval of Biden's hand
6: I'll be right
1: back. Hot Heather Bell, sweet silver bell, sauce awesome seems to say, broke as away. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer. Oh, to the Christmas bumper the music. That's good.
5: All right, folks, uh, we are. In Rapid Fire Friday, you might want to queue your call up. You're going to be the first call I take here on Rapid Fire Friday. We are live. It is December 10th. It is Friday. It is Rapid Fire Friday. So remember what we ask you to do. It's not the time to ask the long, drawn out, very complicated trust uh, question. It is the time to ask your question and get right to the point, and we will try to move on as quickly as we possibly can. Our phone lines are open. You will be the first call we take. They're all open right now. So 610 3 63 1110 610 3 1110. So you can try to, well, not try to, if you dial in, you're going to be right in the queue and we'll begin our rapid fire Friday. So Anyway, uh, as we look at, let me go back to these numbers because I was uh, a little confused there. I was misspeaking when I was looking at these numbers. I should have spread it out a little bit more. I got my lines too tight. Anyway, here, and I, uh, I'm trying to read it uh, from what I typed in. Not to mention, I typed it in. That's not a good thing.
0: All right. So... Um,
7: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, We had that wide
5: range of good, but we were talking about Biden's uh, approval rating. It is really so his disapproval is now 48%. 48%, almost half of Americans disapprove of Joe Biden and his handling of Corona and the economy apparently last time he was at 46 percent and now his disapproval is at 40 is 48 so 46 percent approve and 48 percent disapprove handling of the economy and the coronavirus this is the first time he has been underwater on the coronavirus deal. His economy approval sank deeper and deeper with only just from the economic perspective, only 37% approval rating compared to 56 percent who disapproved to quote another far left thinker, it's about the economy, stupid. That was a quote from Bill Clinton that a quote that Bill Clinton made to the Bush senior. It is about the economy, Bill. And if it is about the economy more than anything else, Joe, you got a little problem there, buddy. And here's the beauty of this economy. They can't blame every. The only people blaming any, anybody else but Biden is the state-run media that has no choice they think they're going to go in front of the firing squad like they do in China if they if they don't make something good happen so the state run media is the only one is the only one that is scratching their head and doesn't understand this 37% 56% disapprove i can only imagine that there's a couple of them sitting on their fence. These are horrible numbers, horrible numbers. And we, listen. Here's my here's my hope. I just hope they keep doing what they're doing. I really do. At least until September. I mean, if they could just keep doing what they're doing. And you know, I think of all those Democratic congressmen that have bought in, because they're not the sharpest tax in the world, that's why they're congressmen, that bought into the whole notion that, oh, it's okay, we're still going to win the election. We're going to hold our, you're going to hold your seat. Really? Who exactly are those American people in the districts of these Democratic congressmen that are going to reelect them to represent them? They may stay home and not vote at all, but they're not going to reelect them. So they can almost count on losing their seat. They may not vote for the Republican, but they will likely not vote at all. Or they'll say, I'm tired of this. We need to get our economy on track and get back to putting America first. So I'm going to vote Republican. Some for the first time ever, like what happened in Virginia. But yet, they continue to fall in, goose-stepping behind Nancy Pelosi and doing exactly what they tell her to do. So, listen, forget everything else. Forget approval rating. Forget about the fact that they're going to lose the next midterm elections. It's irrelevant. Why in the world, regardless of their ideology and their positions, why would we vote for somebody that has no mind of their own that only does what their dictator tells them to do, and they never, ever, ever consider wavering from what the master dictator tells them to do. That's what we have in Congress. That's who the Democratic representatives are that are, res- that are representing you. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter why you elected them in office. And it doesn't matter what you were hoping that they would accomplish. None of that matters. It's all irrelevant. The only thing that matters is what Nancy Pelosi, you all love Nancy Pelosi if you're on the left, right? Why wouldn't you? I mean she's a she's a bastion of intellect and the you know the the perfect politician. So of course you would obviously be okay with that. Well, I hope you are because that's the representatives you have. A bunch of brainwashed soldiers goose-stepping behind the fearless leadership of Nancy Pelosi. That ought to make you feel good. Absolutely shameful. So I don't know what they're going to do about the approval ratings. I got some great ideas how they could turn it around in a heartbeat. But even though I know they never would, just even the mere notion that I could give them any ideas at all, I can't bring myself to do it. So I'll leave it be. I think our biggest concern right now as we move forward is going to be the Federal Reserve. We're going to have to wait and see what the Federal Reserve does. Uh, The Federal Reserve has traditionally always been extremely prideful and stubborn and uh, very, um, you know, their their starvation for power would not allow them to change too much. But I said something early last week that our single, our number one problem. As a matter of fact, I guess, I couldn't find it this morning. I was looking for it, uh, but I wrote an article in reference to the Federal Reserve, what they're looking for. It seems to be off our news site, but um, it is something that you, if you, I hope you read. I don't, I, I don't, if you did, I don't know how to tell you to read it, but if, if you um, read it, you know what I'm talking about. All the problems that we have in the global economies right now are as a result of Fed, Federal Reserve or the central banks around the globe. And it's the central banks that are driving everything. And it's not going to change anytime soon. They've got a totally different agenda than the agenda they're supposed to have. They have a totally different agenda than a, than a thriving, uh, thriving economies, than fair trade, than bearable interest rates, than strong currencies, than high employment. That's not, none of those things are their concern. Their concerns are power, greed, and social, and a social directive. I mean, that's about it. They have much bigger ideological issues that they want to think about and put before the American people or the people of their country. That's the world in which we live. That is not going to change anytime soon because right now the Federal Reserve is being controlled by Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen is um, one of the most radical globalists that we have in the administration. And they are controlling the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve, anybody that works for the Federal Reserve right now that is hearing me, is very angry at me right now because they can't bear the thought that they are they are cowtailing to a political entity they are a political entity Ben Bernanke went out of his way to make it to to be certain that it was a political entity they are about political agendas they are about globalism they are about the far left and their desires to destroy America all right six ten three six three eleven ten six ten three six three eleven ten we're gonna get we're gonna get through a lot of questions here in the next uh, three and a half hours. Uh, keep trying. Somebody's going to drop during this break, and then, but we are going to get right back to questions, I promise. As soon as I come in, regardless of what I want to say, I will refrain. We will stay on phone calls. So we'd love to hear from you, 610-363-1110. Our board is full, but again, we'll answer questions. I would ask you again as a reminder, it is Rapid Fire Friday. We've been doing this for years but we have a lot of new listeners every day. And what we do is we ask you to be very pithy with your comment or your question. Keep it short. Get right to it. And I will try to do the same, getting back to you if possible. And then we will keep moving through as many calls and get as many questions answered as we possibly can. If you have a long, drawn-out questions or you've got to have six questions, you can't narrow it down, To one or maybe two, then save it for Monday. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us. This may be the earliest we've ever played some Christmas music bumper, and bumper music. I like that. It's good. And uh, we're not that far away. I mean, you know, we're we're only 20 days or so, I guess 22 days, maybe. I don't even know what the date is. Dan, I
7: actually got the countdown right here. We are two weeks from Christmas Eve. Two weeks. Two weeks. It's wow. awesome. Wow. Yeah, I am liking that jazzy Christmas music. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like that. It's good. <laughs> it
5: is. Yeah, I like that. All right. Alright, well, we're going to rapid fire. Let me go to calls. Let me go to Doug. Doug's calling
0: us from Michigan. Hey, Doug. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
8: Hey Dan, uh thanks for all you do, obviously. Sure.
1: Um so uh in
2: your pre-screener gave me the answer to this question except I have a
8: caveat with all sure. the uh talk about high inflation.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, uh any way to uh hedge against it. What's your thoughts on cryptocurrency?
5: Well, I, my thoughts well, would be um, it, as a hedge against inflation, I, I don't have any thoughts about that. I don't believe it's a hedge against inflation. So I would say my thoughts would be, you know, I, I, you know, I'd rather own oil if I'm going to ha- truly hedge against inflation. So I, I, um, I don't have any. I don't have any real, real thoughts uh, about it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a. To me, it is a. Uh, I haven't, I don't know, I haven't met anybody that can give me a good answer of why they want to invest in it, so, uh, and I can't come up with one. Uh, it is not something, look, it's it. if anybody thinks that that's going to be an alternative currency someday, um, then they've just, you know, that's great, you know, it, it is me. Mean, it means there have been some amazing, amazing uh, salespeople that have done an amazing job of, of convincing people that that you know the IRS is going to allow some money to have transactions with no no way of tracing it or to be taxable or um, you know the government's going to have a uh, allow some sense of currency that is going to be untraceable and uh, you're you, you know uh, regardless of how they they make it or print it or put it into circulation uh, that that's not going to be a problem for. And I'm not talking about governments of America. I'm talking about governments around the, the world. They're all in the same exact boat. They all have to worry about tracing money, and they all have to worry about taxation of money. And um, crypto is the direct opposite of that. So if, if everybody thinks that that's going to be some sort of alternative currency, uh, it, is, it, it is laughable. So it's not going to happen. But it is an emotional-driven uh, type Um, some type of commodity. I have no doubts that there will be some sort of electronic currency. At some point in time, there will be. Uh, We know that. Janet Yellen has talked about it on numerous occasions. But it's not going to be any one of the cryptos that anyone might own. It's going to be something that's going to come out of a central bank. It's not going to be something that comes out of uh, anywhere else. It's going to come out of a central bank. Uh, it's going to then make uh, most of the others all but um, worthless other than the trades that they might do between themselves. But we will have an electronic currency. I think we already do. It's called a credit card, but I, I, I don't mean that. I think it's, we will have some sort of um, um, uh, crypto-type currency or a stable dollar, that's what Janet Yellen likes to call it, we will have that, but uh, it's not going to be the one you own or the one your friend owns or anybody else owns. Uh, the, the, there, there's no way that a central bank in America, with the exception of a, uh, a rogue uh, nation that is going to just take on uh, crypto, uh, all they would be doing is 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 losing and giving up and saying, the government here in our nation, we need no revenue, and so we're going to just let everybody use crypto. And if we tell somebody that they got paid in 10,000 cryptocurrency, they need to pay their taxes, they will laugh at us because we'll never be able to prove it because there's no accountability or traceability. So, I mean, that's, wh- that's where we are. That's the mentality that we would have if we believe that cryptocurrency is going to be uh, the future. Yes, it will be. Again, like I said, but it's going to come out of an accountable central bank. I love what the SEC did two weeks ago. The SEC, there was another ETF, cryptocurrency, that was put before the SEC. And I loved it because they didn't say anything. They didn't say, you know, we're not going to pass it. They just, you know, J.P. Morgan, I think it was, was certain it was going to, you know, was going to get approved and they were going to, and in the end they said, no, it's ridiculous. For the same reasons that we've said the last six would not be approved. There is no accountability. There is no financial standards. There is no way of uh, tracing or understanding what they have and what their true value is. We can't have something like that on the stock exchange. So until that happens, and it will, like I said, it will, but it's probably going to be uh, through the Federal Reserve or government. Everybody loves crypto because it keeps the government out of it. Well, but the government isn't going to stay out of it because they need accountability. So they're going to get into it on their own uh, in all likelihood. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it as a hedge against inflation. Don't think it is a hedge against inflation. Uh, we think it is because the dollar's devaluing. That's going to go up. Um, again, I go back to everything I just said. Uh, it, there's, there's no reason for it to go up except for one, and that is uh, usage, demand, and emotional uh, drive, and it's not going to be enough to really stay off inflation for any given time. It's going to take more and more and more to continue to buy things, just like it's going to take more and more dollars to buy things it's just going to look a little different. So. I see. Anyway, long long answer that I should not have taken <laughs> on a Friday. Thanks Doug. <laughs> I appreciate sorry. it. Thanks. No yeah, problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Sure thing. Let me go to uh Christian. Christian calling from Mississippi. Hey Christian.
3: Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um I'm wanting to start an account for my 10-year-old son that he can utilize later on in life and Maybe even retire a little bit earlier than usual. Do you have any recommendations for that? Uh,
5: yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess I would, I would just start, start putting money. I would probably start out in the beginning of taking like uh, something, you know, growth only, good solid growth stock, like uh, or ETF would be better, so you can maintain some diversification with a little bit of money and continue to add to it. And so I would take TPLC, um, which is going to mimic the market, follow the market. It was ahead of the S&P on uh, early this week and last week. I don't know if it is now or not, but they're always neck and neck. But I would just look at a broad-based market growth ETF like uh, Timothy TPLC, which is biblically responsible. So, of course, that's the why, why I would choose that. It has a, an amazing track record. So I would keep that in a short period, in a short years that they've, they've been around. So that's what I would do, and I just keep adding to it. And frankly, to be honest with you, anything that you do like that, that is similar to that, if you're not interested in being biblically responsible or anything like that, anything you do, uh, anything you do is going to do well if you continue to add to it. So somebody young, a young person, the younger the better, that is continually adding in to a fund like that, um, you know, is their their average share price is always, always, always going to be far lower than the average person that made a one-time investment or uh, invest once a year or something like that. So if you're always continuing to add to it, I think it's going to be very, very good. Something like that is all about growth, extremely well managed, and I think it's going to do well. Awesome.
3: Uh, and what was that account name? I got the TPLT. It's but-
5: T. Yeah. TPLC is the symbol. That's how you would buy it. So if you had a brokerage account and you opened up a brokerage account in your, um, in your name, not in your child's name, but in your name, um, you can put your son on his beneficiary, but you do it in his name someday. Uh, you know, if you, if you feel moved, you can say, look, you're 21. This is, this is your account. You can retitle it. You can put your name on it and you can do whatever you want with it um, if, if he's a responsible person then and you feel good about it and you can say, hey, look, by the time you're 50, you're going to have more money than you know what to do with if you continue to do this and they're convinced of that and they stay. Then you can turn the account over to him. But I wouldn't do it in the beginning. I wouldn't do it until he's out of college uh, because, you know, you don't want any money in his name. It's not going to serve him well. So um, I, would, I would put it in your name. You know it's his account. Let's say you go to Fidelity and open a brokerage account and you may, you know, you may already have accounts. Or it doesn't have to be Fidelity. Maybe you have a uh you're an IRA or something at Schwab or T D Ameritrade. Go there then since that you already know that platform. But I would just go to open up a brokerage account. If you already have a brokerage account, open up another one. You're gonna have more than one. Open up another one, uh, and put him as the sole beneficiary on it. Great. All
8: right. Well All right. thank you, sir.
5: You're welcome. Thank you, Chris. Good stuff. 610-363-1110. 610-363-1110. Uh, we've only got 30 seconds here, so we'll hold, hold off. We got uh, a line open. 610-363-1110. Actually, we have two lines open. I think, is line four open? Oh, 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 okay. So, uh, okay, so um, we don't have any open lines right now as uh, calls are coming in. All right. Um, 610-363-1110 It's Rapid Fire Friday We'll stay with it Um, In the break We'll get a a news break And then uh, we'll get back to phones Uh, Not not now But at the top of the hour When we come back right, stay with us Financial issues 610-363-1110 We'll be right back
1: The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. All right, welcome back. Let's
5: get back to calls. We have lines open, 610-363-1110. Let me go to Debbie. Debbie's calling us from Texas. Hi, Debbie. Good morning,
1: Dan. My question is, uh, my husband is 65, I'm 64. He's rolled his 401k over to a Fidelity brokerage account. And okay. we are interested in uh, ETFs, but I'm not sure okay. if ETFs are... Uh, I, you have to explain to me what ETFs are.
5: They're like a mutual fund. I mean, they're, they're, um, you know, they're a series of various different stocks. And, um, you know, they, they have a lot of different companies in them and, uh, the difference between them and the mutual fund is they trade in real time. So you can buy an ETF at two o'clock in the afternoon and you will own it at, if you buy a mutual fund at two, two o'clock in the afternoon, you won't own it until the next business day because they won't buy it until after that day settles out until they determine what the share price is going to be for the end of that day. So um, it, it doesn't trade in real time. It it has to wait until the market is closed uh, before it buys. So you lose a little bit of an advantage there, and it doesn't buy and sell uh, same way selling. If you sell it at 9 o'clock in the morning because it's up significantly by the time of, Oh, I'll say four thirty, five o'clock rolls around, it could be down significantly and you've sold out of it. You thought you were going to have a profit and you have a loss. So uh, ETFs are a little bit different. They, they trade uh, in just like a stock.
1: Okay, so what, uh, what do you recommend? What ETF do you recommend for our age group?
5: Well, I, I only recommend, it depends on what your goals are. So if your goals are to leave it sit, for many years, or is your goal to get some income from it? Then I would have two different goals or you say, well, I might need it in four or five years. We may need to start using it. Then, you know, I, it, w- it would really depend on, on that. What are you, what's your situation? Do you know what you're We thinking? would
1: like the, we would like the income. We probably won't need to use it for another five or six years.
5: Yeah. So if you're going to do it and try to get some income from it, then I would tell you to use T P H E, and T P H E would would um, you know give you some growth still, um, but also they are they own companies in there that produce dividends, and they and you would you would pay those dividends out if you need them. You would have them not reinvest them and tell them to pay them out to you.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
5: You're, you're welcome. Thank you, Debbie. All right, 610-36, 610-363-1110. Let me go to Omar. Omar is calling us from Texas. Hi, Omar.
2: Good morning, Dan. Great talking with you. I have thank a you. question about the TSP. Yes. Um, I've been uh, contributing for over 10 years now, and um, I'm in one of the mostly ELF twenty. I think it's L-FUN, L-2050. And I'm going to continue contributing. You know, I um, still have like at least 15 more years to go. I'm in my 40s. And um, um, they have an option to contribute to the Roth part of the TSP as well. And years ago, I started contributing a few hundred dollars and I stopped. I only have uh, in there like $300 on the Roth part and my thinking was well I, I think i'm better off just putting it all in one pot you know a bigger amount so it grows more but uh i don't know if my thinking was wrong um because it it's all one account anyway but um so my question with with the uh taxes going up obviously regardless of what happens they'll be higher in the future um should i be contributing like 90% to the Roth instead of the other way around?
5: Yeah. I mean, I think that you probably want to split it at this point. I think at least I would probably put 60% into the Roth 40% into, you know, your continued to do in your traditional. So you can maintain a pretty decent level in the traditional of dollar cost averaging in between now and the time you retire. And that'll probably serve you pretty well. But, um, who knows what's going to happen to those type of accounts? We'll have to wait and see. But um, the but you ought to put you know the other the other uh, amount into the Roth and try to start building that up. Uh, and and hopefully I, I don't I don't believe it's a certainty by any stretch. But hopefully you'll be able to save some taxes uh, and grow that account tax free. I don't think that is going to be the case. I think they're going to change the rules on it someday. But, um, but you know, right now all things being considered equal, I would probably do that and, uh, cut back on what you're doing in the traditional.
2: So 60 on the Roth and 40 on the other. Yes. Okay. And did I, uh, did I do okay by doing what I did, uh, all these years you think, or should I have done in the Roth earlier?
5: Well, it's, I mean, it would have been nice, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I don't know um, when, when you did it, if it was necessarily wrong. I mean, um, we, whenever you started it some years ago, it was a very different environment than we have today. And we, you know, we do things based, you know, reacting based on current circumstances because it's the only thing we can do. You know, we got to do what is certain today. And unfortunately, we got to make an assumption that, you know, that's the way it's going to stay. And, and even though we know that's probably not the case, you just you, we just don't have enough information. So I think, you know, based on that, I think it was okay. Yeah, you did, you know, um, you made a decision based on what was reality then, and it's a very, very, very different reality today. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you, you, I think you just make that change now and don't look back.
2: Got it. All right. Thank all you right. so much for everything you do, Dan. God bless. Appreciate oh, it.
5: All right, Omar. I appreciate it. God bless you. Yeah, folks, try to always, and always try to do that. You know, I, I, um, I have some, uh, not unusual, but some very different kinds of attitudes. I'm talking about myself personally. First of all, I'm extremely disciplined, so I try not to, you know, I, don't, I, I stick with a discipline that is working. So, uh, from an investment perspective, and I've been like been like that all my life, and I do that, did that with uh, when I was managing hundreds of millions of dollars. But you know, I think the discipline is incredibly, incredibly important. It's what makes everything work. And so, the other thing that I have always um, had a in my in my opinion a right minded attitude, and then I never look back. So. If I say, hey, I'm gonna sell this company, I can tell you countless companies, countless companies that I sold at very, very high profits and they're still going up. And I might have sold them five years ago, ten years ago. I don't I don't care. You know, my my goal was to sell them and make a very large profit. I sold them and made a very large profit. I accomplished what I wanted to do. I don't look back and say, oh, if I had only held on to it. I don't, I don't ever do that. It's irrelevant to me. I don't care. So I think it's a great place to be because I, consequently, I never have any regrets. The only regrets that I have are the ones where I say, I ought to sell that, and I never did. Or I ought to buy that, and I never did. So, you know, I have those kinds of things that I think, ah, you know, I should have followed my instincts. But anyway, yeah, we, we always we always need to be aware of that and careful that we don't get too carried away looking back. Let me go to Michael in Oklahoma. Hey, Michael.
8: Hello. Good morning. How are you today?
5: <coughs> good.
8: Uh, and God bless you and your program. You're a real inspiration to everyone. Thank you. And, uh, anyway, my question is uh, kind of a little two parter. Uh, my son's okay. 24 years old. I've got two boys, 121, 124. and uh, they've come in with a little bit of money, three dollars. What would be the best way for them to start investing, in and about how much? Would 500 be enough to put in, or what? You know, I, I'm. I, yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, I think any amount. I think it's good that they get started. The smaller. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in too much because there's a learning curve. You know, I think they start, they have to start learning. So I think that, um, you know, anything that uh, they put in and they uh, start investing, you know, with a small amount like that, you know, or a smaller amount, you're going to put in, um, you know, probably in some ETFs and start developing a, a portfolio uh, with somebody that age or those ages, you know, um, you want to you want to use maybe four ETFs. I would use a you know the growth, the large mid cap growth like uh, TPLC, and I would use um, a little bit in TPHE, maybe uh, the second highest percentage, and I would also have um, 10 to 15 percent in TPSC, which is small cap companies. And TPIF, which is international companies, I think the international companies are going to continue to get beaten up uh, for a little while longer, but it's a great time to be putting money in and keep adding to it. So if you're young, probably do really well with uh that kind of mix. It's fairly that's a fairly aggressive mix, but um that's that's what I would look at doing. I think that'll work out well.
8: The TPLCs and the T P A Ts, but about fifteen yeah. percent so uh about
5: Yeah, i no bet no, no, no about uh, t- each of each
2: of them or like 250 in each of them, you know, would that help or?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's a good place to start to get 250 in each one of those, and, okay. and um, you know that, that would be good for now. Yeah. Okay, all right thank you, Dan. All right, Michael, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Uh, we've got a break, We'll get back. We've got news in the Agri. we're going to get to phones. We've got a line open. 6,10, three, six, three, 1110 if you want to queue your call. You're listening to Financial Issues. I'm Dan It's Great to be here. And we are so grateful for all that has gone on here. This has been uh, a, a very volatile, uncertain year. But by the grace of God, we've managed to do well. We sure would appreciate your support. We had a very generous donor um, last week make a gift and wants to set aside some for a $30,000 match. Maybe you can
2: our principles help us with that. And standards.
5: We will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon our belief in God.
1: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.
7: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW, avoid, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We in America should be grateful to
5: God for the blessings he's given us. Don't let anyone tell you that
8: America's best days are behind her.
5: We have got to fight for this nation because I believe with all my heart this nation is in fact one nation under God. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It is great to be here. 610-363-1110. So if you want to cue your call up, <clears throat> you're welcome to do it. It is Friday. It means it's rapid fire. We're going to go through as many calls as we can. But before we do that, we have a news break, uh, FISM News. I uh, hope you're watching it every night, 7 o'clock, FISM.TV. Really excited uh, on February 1st, FISM.TV. Uh, we will be carrying uh, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins. And uh, Tony will be on from 6 to 7, and then the news from 7 to 7.30. So uh, what a great lead-in uh, going in. You'll get some uh, great political commentary from Tony Perkins. And then uh, we will be um, going right into the news uh, from there at 7 o'clock. So I hope that uh, you all will um, check out the news and the news page, the articles that are up there. Um, More and more people checking it out every day, and we sure appreciate that, and hopefully they're staying. But um, you want to take a look at that. We've got some very good things happening. Uh, inside the news with the news, and we're uh, looking forward to uh, announcing some of that, some more and more uh, uh, areas around the country uh, picking the program up. So we're going to wait and see how um, that continues to proceed here uh, over the next several weeks. We sure appreciate um, our news. Here comes uh, Ian Patrick is here, going to give us an update of uh, some of the
4: more detailed stories that we'll get tonight. Hey, Ian. Hey, Dan. How you doing today? Good. Good. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, I'll get right into some of the news we have going on today. And obviously, like you just said, too, we'll be going into more detail tonight. So I highly suggest anyone who gets uh, intrigued by these stories, uh, tune in later tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Starting off with a a little bit of crazy news here. The New York City Council on Thursday passed a measure that would enable hundreds of thousands of non-citizen immigrants who are in the country legally to vote in municipal elections. Now, if the bill is signed into law by Mayor Bill de Blasio, New York would become the largest U.S. city to allow non-citizens to participate in elections. And uh, if it is signed, it would enable more than 800,000 permanent U.S. residents or green card holders and other legally documented non-citizens take part in elections for city leaders, including for the mayorship. Uh, non-citizen residents would not be allowed to vote in state or federal elections, however. So this is just another thing that Bill de Blasio is trying to do before he's ousted from his mayoral position uh, coming up soon. Uh, so a bit of a crazy <sighs> news there. Yeah. Um, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me because
5: are they really, they're not elections then. They're not American elections. Anyway, I mean, I, I, I don't understand um, the thinking behind that. Uh, and why, why the people of any city, state uh, are going to allow that. I yeah. mean, so you're going to allow someone that knows very little about your municipality, state, area, whatever it might be, and the, the things that affect America and your American city, you're going to allow them to influence uh, them on ideology that's probably so far unrelated. To the American people, as there can be. I mean, it makes it's it's ridiculous.
4: Yeah, you're right, Dan. Huh. And we, we actually were joking too. Uh, we wondered if maybe uh we in Pennsylvania could register to vote in New York City for the mayoral stuff. We wondered if maybe uh, that could uh, yeah, imagine you could. <laughs> could work as well since we're non-New uh, yeah, New York City go. citizens. But you know, maybe it could work. Who good knows? idea <laughs> I think we were to bus a bunch of people
5: off from Texas, some conservatives <laughs> from both. Texas and Florida to vote in New York City elections. Adam. Maybe they'll get a city that can that can. Anti- Actually, manage themselves out of a paper bag at least.
4: <laughs> Shh. It's a nominal idea.
8: Yeah.
4: <laughs> and some other yeah. news, we got the uh, National School Board Association, who's begun to feel the effects in their wallets of having alienated parents as the backlash over comparing concerned parents to terrorists continues. Now the NSBA has since apologized for that comparison, but not before prompting national outrage and a massive loss of funding nationwide. According to Axios, at least 17 state affiliates of the NSBA have cut ties with the group and uh, it's estimated that those 17 states account for upwards of 40% of the annual dues going to the organization in 2019. So they they are really feeling it in their wallets uh, for probably good reasons. Uh, Obviously comparing parents to terrorists is not ideal. Uh, And uh, there was a an official in the NSBA who said that uh, they're they're threatened by um, shutting down because they're losing so much funding. And uh, yeah, another another person said, "Well, you know, maybe somebody else will take your place then." Yeah, Uh, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Interesting. There Uh, and some other news: We got uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom declared that he will make the California state an abortion sanctuary. Should Roe v. Wade be overturned? Now, obviously, this has to do with the Supreme Court currently hearing the landmark Mississippi case about abortion, which is bringing hope to pro-life advocates with the potential to overturn Roe v. Wade. Governor Newsom founded the California Future of Abortion Council, consisting of over 40 abortion providers and advocacy groups, excuse me, the council published a report with 45 suggestions on ways California can increase abortion protections. And along those same lines, a Harris something called the Harris Poll, which is a uh, recent study, explored the topic of abortion, and it revealed that 56% of Americans believe that abortion should be at least be restricted to 15 weeks in a pregnancy. So past that point, you cannot have an abortion. That is according to 56% of Americans. And obviously there's more data in that poll that I can't get yeah. into right now, but, uh, but please check out the news tonight. It's going to be really interesting.
5: Great. Ian Patrick, FISM News. Thanks, Ian. Sure appreciate it. Make sure you check it out tonight at 7, FISM.TV. Here comes Craig Haggard with our Ag Report. We'll be right back.
6: This is Craig Haugardt with your Financial Issues Ag Update for December 10th. Well, The corn market traded higher yesterday as was propelled by a robust weekly export sales number of 44.6 million bushels. And the expectation that corn demand will continue to be fairly strong for both exports and biofuels. Now, the USDA monthly supply and demand report was really kind of a non-event. It left the projected carryout unchanged at 1 billion bushels. At the close yesterday, March futures were four and a half cents higher, settling at $5.91 and three quarter cents per bushel. Soybeans were supported by the announcement of another sale of beans to China. Here in the U.S., the USDA really didn't make any changes to the soybean balance sheet. However, prices did draw additional support. From the USDA's projection, we will see tighter, world-ending stocks. At the close, the January soybean futures were 3.5 cents higher, finishing the day at $12, 64.5 cents. The wheat market traded lower on improving weather conditions for the U.S. southern plains and increased U.S. And world ending stocks. The USDA increased the projected carryout for the US by 15 million bushels while increasing the world carryout by 2.4 million metric tons. At the close, we had Minneapolis March futures 13 cents lower, settling at 1022 and a quarter. Kansas City dropped by 15 and a half cents to close at 796 and a half. And Chicago futures were 17 and three quarter cents lower as they ended the session at seven dollars. 76 and 3 quarter cents. Cotton futures continued to trade in a fairly narrow range. The US cotton 21-22 supply and demand forecast was largely unchanged with just a slight increase in production. The projected world cotton ending stocks were lowered by 1.2 million bales. At the close, we had March futures 13 points lower, settling at 106.59. Livestock futures were mixed. We had February live cattle 87.5 cents lower to close at $137.80 per hundredweight. January feeder cattle were 67 cents 5 higher as they settled at $164.75 cents per hundred. February lean hog futures made a move to the upside. They were $1.77.5 cents higher at the close as they finished the day at $77.82.5 cents per hundred. Class three milk futures took a pause from their recent move higher. The USDA report projected lower milk production forecasts for both 21 and 22, and they based that on the expectation of lower dairy cow numbers and slower growth in the production of milk per cow. At the close, December futures were 15 points lower, settling at 18.65. And finally, meat cutout values were mixed. Choice box beef ended the day 44 cents higher, closing at 264.55. Select boxes dropped by $1.41 as they settled at two fifty-one sixty-eight. dollars 68 Pork carcass cutout values took a step backwards after Wednesday's huge move higher. They had ended the day down $3.48 to settle at $86.96 per hundredweight. This has been Craig Haugard with your Financial Issues Ag Update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this.
1: Say glory to the newborn king.
5: Peace. Welcome back, Financial day. Issues. I'm Dan Sirio. It's great to be here. 610-363-1110. It is Friday. It's Rapid Fire Friday. By the way, uh, just an update. Oil prices are up 71.22. Um, actually, I should look at that. Uh, let's see. Yep, 71.22. Brent crude oil, 74. So oil up about a third of 1%. Not gas is up about three-quarters of 1%. But that's okay. They got a lot of room to go, so we're going to probably see gas prices start to eke up uh, a little bit as we have seen gas price, uh, oil prices moving up all week long. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, the Dow is up, the S and P is up about uh, three quarters of one percent. The Nasdaq up three quarters of one percent. Russell two thousand small cap stocks barely down, but just bouncing along the flat line. So that's where we are right now. Uh, You know, it's very, very interesting. So we see prices rise despite a jump in inflation. Uh, It is um, very counterintuitive for that to happen, and yet they do. And it's going to, you know, maybe it's going to put more pressure on the Federal Reserve. So those in the market that absolutely stress and worry about the free flow of money and cheap money, Coming in has to be thinking that the Federal Reserve has got to do something, right? Maybe they are convinced that this Federal Reserve is never going to do anything, so they're not too concerned. I'm not saying that's why uh, prices aren't going down, but maybe, maybe that is why stock continues to run up <clears throat> because they don't believe the Federal Reserve is going to do anything. I don't know if I disagree with that. I know what the Federal Reserve should do, but i think the the markets are probably right they're not going to do anything they're not going to do anything i mean i mean them doing something right now might might in their mind show a sense of weakness as opposed to strength or as opposed to caring and doing the right thing almost no matter what so that may be how they're looking at it and they're just not going to do anything their stubbornness is going to step in and they're saying well, we're not we're not going to do anything so anyway um Very, very interesting as we watch that. But all the indices are still in positive territory. This, as inflation surged 6.8%, it is the fastest inflation has surged up since 1982. 1982, yes, that's what I said. It is the fastest fastest amount of a surge. Since 1982, we haven't seen inflation here since 1990. And look, frankly, there is no end in sight. There is no end in sight. So um, we'll we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. But there is no, um, it's not going to change. Nothing is going to change. So it's pretty amazing. All right, um, yeah, 610-363-1110, 610-363-1110. If you want to queue your call, uh, you're welcome to do it, 610-363-1110. think we might have lost I feel like I just heard a click here um, we might have lost connection did we Seth you there I guess we did mm-hmm. yeah I can hear you we did we lose connection okay all right good so anyway uh, inflation is just such a, a, a key part of everything right now and uh, it is huge. It is a big, big deal. And though it may not seem like a big deal, in fact, it is a big deal, and it ought to be treated as such. Because you know, if we continue to see um, this kind of inflation rolling through, it is, it is a problem. It is a real problem. And um, we're we're going to have to, well, we're going to have to see what we can, what we can do about it. But uh, it's a huge. Huge problem. All right. 610-363-1110. I think we're having some technical difficulty, so I'm not sure that we we are, um, you know, that we are going to be able to hear the phone calls. So uh, I'm going to have to hold off until we get word that um, we can. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll get it going here on rapid fire. And I assume, I assume now we have a, you know, I assume we have a full board. So if that's the case, then uh, we'll want to get to it. So hang in there with us. So aside from inflation, we're watching uh, Biden's approval rating drop dramatically. Um, 48% disapprove, 48% disapprove of President Biden's handling of both coronavirus. It's the first time he's ever been uh, really underwater in reference to the virus but forty eight percent thirty seven percent thirty seven percent compared to fifty six percent that disapprove of his handling of the economy um fifty six percent that would mean that there's a whole lot of people out there that have buyers remorse right now about the Biden administration and you know that that is a problem and it and it you know I don't know what we can do about it I guess we can't do a whole lot about it uh but let's hope that whatever happens that Somebody doesn't try to do a whole lot about it. That would be a good thing if they didn't. So hopefully it will stay like that, um, do much about it because it is uh, a good thing. All right, 610, 363, 1110. Let me go to calls. Let me go to Justin. Justin's calling us from Texas. Hey, Justin.
3: Hey, how you doing, Dan? Good. Uh, so I have a, uh, I own some residential property, and I currently use it as an Airbnb. And we, my wife and I are thinking about maybe selling it and reinvesting. The reason, a couple reasons, uh, the we've seen the real estate just explode this past uh, recent year or two. And secondly, our college kids are, well, our kids are going off to college, and they were working for us at the time. So we want to be able to continue to invest this $270,000 in something that will generate some annual income for us that provides at least 10% or more a year. Do you have any ideas?
5: No, I I don't think there's anything out there from an investment perspective other than real estate. So, um, you know, rental, I mean, from a rental real estate perspective, that is just uh, not, not Airbnb, but just a situation where you might have a rental condo or house or something like that. I mean, that's always going to be your best source of retail. But um, to try to get that kind of return in the market will probably be, would probably be a very risky, risky thing to do. I'm not saying it's impossible to get it, but you're going to only get it in some extremely high risk kinds of things, things that will stop paying or go bankrupt. And uh, it, it is far too risky to do that. Of course, if you have investments that go bankrupt, you lose everything uh, immediately. And there is no chance of ever getting it back. So, I mean, it would, be, it would be awfully risky to do that. I think the best case scenario you could do is maybe get 5%, but you're, not gonna, you're never going to get 10%. Uh, the only way to get that kind of investment return is going to be doing what you're doing. Uh, in real estate. It's the only way you're going to get that kind of return, unfortunately. That is somewhat safe. That is somewhat safe.
3: Yep. One one quick question following that. Uh, sure. So I've got a good friend that said that if you take that and invest it in the stock market, and he calls it puts. I know nothing about that. He says he uh-huh. can make 10% in his sleep. W- what's your thoughts on that?
5: Let him do it, man. I give him the money and let him do it. I mean, if... He, if he uh, said he's
3: going to teach me how. He's going to what? He was going to teach me how, and he's, he's okay. someone I trust. He's a movie Christian movie producer in LA. He said yeah. he'd take the time to teach me.
5: Um, yeah, do it. Okay. I mean, I don't. I I would never do it, but do it. I mean, it's up if okay. you have if you have trust trust in him and and faith that that's going to uh, that's going to work. Man, I would do it.
3: Do you have any experience inputs?
5: Yes, a whole lot.
3: Yeah. Okay.
5: But I I okay. wouldn't. That's why I say I wouldn't do it. But yeah, I mean it's. You know, there's, there's guys that, uh, that say they can do it, maybe, and, and can do it. Maybe they can do it. But um, it's probably the only way to find out is to, to, uh, to start doing it.
3: Okay. Hey, thank you. I appreciate All right.
5: it. All right, Justin. Thanks. All right, 610-363-1110. Uh, let me go to Jenny. Jenny's calling from Louisiana. Hey, Jenny.
1: Good morning. I am 86 years old. I have just sold my house. And looking at everything that I do have and, and taking out some of the money uh, and adding it to what I have, it leaves me about $285,000 that I need to invest
4: okay. safely
1: or put mm-hmm. aside, even if it's CD. What do you think I should do with it
5: currently? So what is the, what would be your outlook for the use of that money? Would you... Uh, are you I, just?
4: I don't,
1: I, I don't envision having to use it. Therefore, it will be left to my son. And currently, I live in a house that he owns, and he helps out with everything that I need. He, he's really my rock. So yeah. uh, to keep it safe for him.
5: So, yeah, I mean, I think that to do that from a, there's two things I would want you to consider. Of course, from a preservation of principle standpoint, that's the best thing to do my only concern and something for you to think about is the possibility of um you know what would happen if you got into a hospital situation and you know they they um you know you you need you need uh care of some sort and maybe you've already thought of that maybe you have a long term care insurance or maybe you're not too concerned about it but um I, I only say that to say I would love to see you be in a position your, your son's going to get that um, get that money and he sounds like a trustworthy uh, man and uh, you know I think uh, really down the road an ideal situation sooner rather than later for you would be to begin a giving program by which you can give that money to him with the notion that hey it's my money if I ever need it You know, you'll let me use it, so keep it safe. Let him keep it in a CD or a money market account. But in his name, and that would save, that would be very helpful to him to keep as much of that money as possible someday when the Lord calls you home. So I would think about doing that. Welcome back. Financial Issues. I'm Dan Sirio. It is great to be here. 610-363-1110. 610-363-1110. It is Rapid Fire Friday, so we try to move as quickly as we can through the calls. If you want to queue your call, it's a good time to do it. You'll get right in the queue.
7: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
5: Somebody just dropped, so you can get right in the queue. 610-363-1110. 3, 3, uh, let me just finish up with Jenny. Jenny's not with us. She's not on the line, but I hope she's still listening. So, Jenny, what I was trying to get at there uh, towards the end of that call was I just want you, it's a great idea to begin to move that money out of your name, out of your account, into your son's name. He's going to get it anyway someday, which is great. He sounds like a trustworthy person. And if you were to give him that money or begin to give it to him, and you said, hey, if you could just open up a money market account at a, at a, at a bank, at your bank, and just keep it in savings, that would be great. I just want to preserve it. I want it to be there. If I need it, then you can use that money to, you know, let me have whatever I need. But in the meantime, it's out of my estate, and that's going to be a good thing for him. He won't have to do anything someday. It'll be his money. And um, it's a it's a great idea, as we all get older, to get as much money as we can out of our estate or have houses in uh, our other names, I had some property, I still do, but it's about to be sold, but I have it in my name and my two daughters' names, or our names, y- Yvonne and I and our two daughters, just, just because in a long-term situation it's, you know it's a lot easier to get things settled and be done and you know it just becomes theirs. So uh, something, certainly something to be thinking about. All right, let me go to Bert. Uh, Bert's calling us from Arkansas. Hey Bert. Hello Dan. Oh. thank you for your mail. Well, hold on, Bert. I can't hear you. I got I, I'm gonna have to put you back on hold. That hurt my ear. too much too much background noise or bad connection or something. I couldn't tell what it was. It was just loud and then um, I didn't did he answer the phone? I didn't even hear. I just heard the noise. okay. All right, let me go to Amy. Amy calling us from Texas. Hey, Amy.
9: Hi. Um, good morning. A uh, quick question. Um, I have, um, uh, thought I have a, through Timothy plan, a, a small cap value, um, a large mid cap value, uh, fixed income, then a large mid cap growth and then the Israel fund. um, since, since things have changed over the last couple of months with inflation and all that should i I should just continue to leave this as is I, I put the ten percent into the uh, the Israel one and the ten percent into the fixed income so do I just con- should I just continue to leave this alone
5: Yeah I would leave it alone I would try to contribute to it a little bit if you can if it goes down and you have some money and contribute to it that's always a good thing but I think you've got a pretty good mix there I mean is this long-term money do you contribute to it regularly or what how what what are you doing with
9: I'm not I'm not contributing anything to it if I if I were to contribute which one would I put it in which one
5: well the ideal thing would be to you know uh, divide it up but if you think you're keeping and I would put it into the large mid-cap growth
9: large mid cap growth, the growth. Okay. All right. If I was to contribute, put it into that. Okay. Put it
5: into that. Yeah. And if, and if it's, and if it's more than just a few dollars, then I would, I would put a small percentage in, you know, maybe each one of the others if you can. And, you know, there's no reason why you can't divide it up, but anything that you do in those um, is going to, is going to be helpful to you.
9: Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's pretty much staying the same. Um, over the last couple of months, but that that's that's fine. Um, yeah. I don't look at it that often anyway. So but but I'm I'm a, that's what you would suggest just keep leaving it alone even though the inflation's going up and all that, right?
5: Yeah, because most of these will benefit uh, in the long run, not immediately, but both of them both of these all these will benefit from inflation. You know, they're equities, there, with the exception of the fixed income. The fixed income, believe it or not, would be the on, the one there that would get hurt the most if long term inflation stays in.
9: Okay, and that's why I only have ten point four four percent. Right, that, right. So.
5: so it's not even okay. something to worry about.
9: Yep. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and God bless.
5: All right, Amy. Thank you. Okay, All right. Let me, let, let me try to go back to Bert. Bert, are you there? Yes. Oh, there there you go. Okay. Okay, go ahead.
8: Well, thank you for your ministry and thank you for all that you do. But my quick question is, I understand that if something is taken off the buy list, but still on the broad list, that it's a hold. My question is, when you have sell on your commentary page, does that mean to sell regardless of any other circumstance?
5: Yes. Yeah. If I put it on a sell list, I mean... The only way, I mean, there's sometimes on the alert. Did you get the alert for for those two uh, things?
8: Yes, I, I got yeah. the email alert, but I'm also looking at the sell list on your uh, commentary.
5: Yeah, well, it's I mean, it's the same same stock. So on the on the but on the uh, email alert, I I generally give a little bit more of an indication. So on that alert that I sent out, I said one of those is no longer biblically responsible, becomes a no-brainer for me. You sell it. The other one is, you know, um, I I believe it ought to be sold, but if you want to keep it, you, you certainly, that's certainly up to you.
8: Okay, so I have one stock. I guess I didn't get an alert for this stock, but it was taken off the buy list, still on the broad list, uh, and so I'm considering that to be a hold. Correct. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
5: Okay. Thanks, Bert. All right. Uh, Let me go to Gail. Gail's calling us from Tennessee. Hey, Gail.
9: Well, hello, Dan. Uh, Mine's not really an investment question. I I just heard a truck driver call into you yesterday. I think Uh his name was David, but he was uh, telling you, and I just wanted your opinion on it. He was saying that to move one of the windmills that they are, Putting, I guess, everywhere now because of the, yep, yep. the Green Deal. Okay, yeah. said it took eight. It takes eight trucks. I, I was thinking, now it, is these eight trucks per windmill, and how many's out there? And not, instead of going to the supply chain and getting this unstopped up, we get these trucks doing the windmills.
5: Well, eight I mean, ti- I mean, yeah, I, I mean, mean every one, every right? truck is uh, a great, you know, of great value right now because we're eighty thousand short. Right, so we're eighty thousand short, and of course, but but keep in mind, part of the supply chain, the supply chain includes all things. So there are windmill parts on these ships that aren't getting offloaded either, causing more supply, you know, um, um, chain bottlenecks and. So, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't, the supply chain doesn't necessarily differentiate between one, one problem or another. It's pretty much across the board. There are obviously are things more critically important like food. You know, we want to make sure that we have enough trucks to continue to uh, get food to the markets. Um, oil would be another thing or energy, I'll say. Uh, would be another one. So there are num you know, but there's no, the, the disruptions are across the board. So one could say, well, you know, how important are windmills? Well, I mean, uh, to me, they're not as important as maybe a couple other things, that's for sure. But nonetheless, uh, the truck driver that called me was making a case for how the windmills, even though, they seem, you know, uh, that a lot of people don't like them. They are job creators. They are keeping people working. They are keeping trucks moving. Uh, um, you know, and all the all the things that it takes just to build a windmill. And I think the point was, um, if we don't get moving supplies, <clears throat> we're not going to be able to keep employment where it is right now. And that's an important point to take away. So with truck drivers, employment's not as important because they'll stop driving and delivering that and they'll go somewhere else and deliver something else. So there's plenty of work out there. But it's basically just a testament to how important moving goods are in general for the economy and they aren't moving. I believe that the supply chain relief that we keep hearing about is not relief at all i think it's propaganda i don't think it's really we're really seeing any large relief we're seeing prices continue to go up and go up in dramatic fashion so the goods aren't moving like they should regardless of what the media says but yeah so i don't i'm i'm for moving america so i'm for moving everything let's get everybody working let's get as much many goods as we possibly can so um that's i think that's that was the the bigger point there.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my question was because I didn't know if if they, they would stop the windmills right now. I guess they they just can't and then and do the unclogging of the.
5: Yeah. 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 The- yeah. There's probably. Yeah, and that's a good question because there probably are, in fact, Gail, some things that are you know are going to be, you know, as a little bit less necessary uh, to move. And they haven't gotten to the point where they're prioritizing like that yeah. yet. But I suspect, I suspect, if it goes on, they will. When we're unloading a ship from China uh, here in our ports, um, you know, we just know that we got to get all those, all those boxes off. You know, all those uh, cargo uh, containers off, and we don't know what's in half of them. You know, we just. We, we have to figure it out. It'd be a monumental task to start from prioritizing that sure. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. We'll be right back, folks.
1: The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Welcome back, Financial Issues. We've got one
5: line open, uh, or we did anyway. Um, 610-363-1110. Let me go to phones. Let me go to Jerry. Jerry's calling us from Arkansas. It is Rapid Fire Friday, folks, so we'll continue to try to move through calls. Go ahead, Jerry.
0: Hey, good morning,
2: Dan. Uh, hey, I've uh, been a partner for about three years, uh, recently retired in the last three months, and I'm getting ready to move my uh, 401K over from T. Rowe Price over to an IRA account I have at Fidelity. And I'm wondering if I need to direct the people at uh, uh, Fidelity uh, in a certain way so I don't include any transfer,
5: transfer fees. Or uh, there w- no, there there won't be any transfer fees. Okay, and there and okay. and they yeah, there's nothing too direct. I mean, basically, uh, it just comes over. So you had to make a decision if mm-hmm. you are transferring to fill the form out to transfer in kind. Yes. Or or in cash. Okay. So if you transferred in kind, then whatever you have in that zero. T- price account is going to come Mm -hmm. over just like it is. If it's something that won't transfer, then they'll sell it and it will come over in cash and end up in the money market account. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Dan, thank you very much. And I appreciate all that you do. Uh, You know, you're, you're directing us, showing us how to invest and being a minister to us and taking care of business in in the United States. And I really appreciate that.
5: Thank you, brother. That's encouragement. I appreciate it. God bless. 610-363-1110. Let me go to joy. Joy's calling us from, Ohio. hi. Joy. Joy? Okay, we don't have Joy. All right. Yes, let me Dan, go. Dan. Oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Joy. Oh,
9: sorry. Um, yes, Dan, a long-time listener, two-month partner. I love what you do for all Thank of you. us. Uh, I'm 59 and a half years old. I'm a federal worker with a TSP account. I want to move my money out to a biblically responsible um, accounts.
5: How can I do this? Do you still contribute?
1: Yes. Joy? Okay. Yes.
5: So are, are after you move it out, are you going to still contribute or do you get a yes. match or? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So what you have to do joy is you have to go somewhere and open up a 401 Jeez. Uh, open up an IRA account. So a traditional IRA, I assume this money is not in Roth IRA, right? Roth TSP?
9: Some of it it is in a Roth account.
5: Okay. So you would, let's say you went to Fidelity. You would go to Fidelity and you would open up a traditional IRA account and you would open a Roth IRA account. Okay. Um, Once that's done, you don't have to put any money into it. Just tell them that you're transferring money over. And you then do the transfer. So, and and I think you have to use... The TSP form transfer form, uh, you will transfer you know the Roth into the Roth and the traditional into the traditional. It's going to go into those accounts as cash, so it's going to be sitting in the money market account once it goes in there. And then at that time, you'll have to start investing them and in building uh, your portfolio for you know, which, whichever portfolio that you want to build. So it'll probably take, well, it probably won't even, you know, may not get done this year to get that transferred over there, but you can open the accounts up in about 10 minutes on Fidelity website. Um, But you can get the accounts open and at least begin the process. I pay taxes on that money? No, you don't pay any tax.
8: Okay. You and yeah, um if you're 59 and
5: as long as you're 59 and a half, you don't pay any fees, you know, any any penalty or any taxes. Okay. Um
9: let
5: me see.
9: Um well, thank you Dan. I appreciate
5: it. All right, you're welcome. Thanks, Joy. God bless.
8: Uh-huh. Bye. Yep.
5: Let me go to uh, Ron Ron Cohen in Virginia. Hey Ron.
8: Hi, I'm I'm Ron. Hi, Dan. Hi, Hi, Ron. <laughs> um, in um, seventy, yes. is it is it on the buy list because you don't think that it's going to be bought?
5: Uh, no, or not necessarily. A- no, Go not ahead. necessarily. It has just changed a bit in um, what they're doing, how they're doing it, and what they. Uh, what they kind of uh, uh, returns that they had. So if they get bought now, they're likely to get bought at a very, very, in a very different way by a very uh, different company. So I think if anything, their odds have gone up, but they did get rid of some of their debt and they did add some value. So having said that, they're not as attractive even though there's a lot of companies out there that want the company for certain, uh, it's going to cost a little bit more money to get it. So I feel a little bit better about it.
8: Okay. Um, and the other one, I-26. Um, yes. I have a, a recollection that some time ago you suggested that there may come a time when you're going to ask us to sell that. Is that yeah. that's still in the offing? Probably not.
3: Oh okay. um
5: but it's hard to say. I'm watching uh you know right now there is in there's something going on with federal contracts and defense uh Department of Defense and the Pentagon right now and that could change everything. So I'm just watching to see how that develops. But yeah, I I feel like um you know uh, it's definitely a hold. Okay. All right.
8: That's what I got. Thank you very much,
5: Dave. Thanks, Ron. Okay, I appreciate uh-huh. it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let me go to... Um, I don't know who's on back here. Uh, th- let me go to uh, Tammy in Georgie. Georgia. Hey, Tammy.
1: Hi, sir. How are you? Good. I just have one question. I have a... a I'm a federal employee. I have a TSP, and I also have a Roth or IRA account, but I just have $5,000 sitting in the bank, not really drawing much interest. I just want to know what's a good place to invest
5: it. In. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in either one of those, you know, qualified accounts. I would put it into an investment account. So in order to invest it, Tammy, you have to have an investment account. Um, and you would have to do that at, um, you know, a, 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 a broker. It's like a, Fidelity uh, or a TD Ameritrade or something like that. And you would open an account online, you know, fidelity.com and you'd open an investment account. And then once the account is open, you can, uh, you know, move, move the money in there by just simply sending a check or, uh, you know, uh, automatically deposit it in there out of your checking account. You can set it up so you can do that. And then once the money gets in there, then you can uh, take a look at the investments and what you might do. I'm, 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 I'm hesitating because it is going to take you probably right now is a very, very, very busy time of year for the brokerages. They take forever to get anything done. They take a lot of time to get things transferred in and out. So um, I would wait and see, get the money in there. Once you put that $5,000 in the account, It sits in a money market account, like at a bank, not at a bank, but in your brokerage account. It's not earning, it's earning practically nothing, just a tiny bit of interest. But then at that point, if you were to call me back when it's ready to go, I could probably give you more, um, a a better answer based on what's going on at that time. My concern, it might be, you know, into January by the time that happens and I might, Tell you something now that might be very different than
1: copy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything you do. All right, Tammy. You as well. What's that? I will call you back in January.
5: Yeah, that would be great. Yes, thank you, Tammy. God bless you. Thank, thank you. you. Yep. Let me go to. Uh, what time is it? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let me go to Thomas. Thomas Corners from Indiana. Hey, Thomas. Good morning, Dan. You Good morning. Good.
8: Um I got a question you, you, from the sale that you had of the uh, two stocks that you suggested to sell. I sold yes. those. I'm an income investor um, I won't start drawing until on any of this until like June I'm be sixty seven and a half then, plan on retiring in around june um but uh where should I place this money, or should I just uh hold off until January and see what happens?
5: Yeah, I would. I would be looking at probably putting it into a couple of um, income stocks. So I would look on, you know, the the utilities. I would look in utilities. I would look in uh, industrials. I imagine you probably have some utility utilities, right? Yes, sir. How many do you have? How many stocks? More than uh, one.
8: Yes, I got like four or five in the utilities. Yeah.
5: Yeah, so I don't, want you to get, I don't want you to get too overvalued in there, overweighted, I mean, uh, in, in utilities, but they're the best income producers. Um, there's a couple of energy companies um, that I think you probably should look at uh, in case you, you don't own them that are on the, you know, something that you might want to consider that is on the buy list. In the in the energy sector, and if you look at those, I like E22 a lot. I like I like them all. I mean, I think they're all the uh, all of them. I don't have that many, but they all I believe, except for one pay dividend. Um, one of the higher dividend payers is E40, so uh, that might be a good one. But I would look at e, E40 uh, and. You know, maybe E22 if you don't own it uh, to generate some income with some of that money. Okay. Sounds All
1: good. right.
5: Thank you. Appreciate everything.
0: All Thank right. You. God bless
5: you. All right. Thank you, uh, Thomas. We'll be right back, folks, uh, coming up at the end of this hour. If you got to leave us, I hope you have a wonderful day of worship on Sunday. Make sure you lift up this country to the Lord. I hope you have a relaxing, a great weekend. we'll see you on Monday, another hour of financial issues right after this.
1: Jesus said, go sell all that you have, give it to the poor, take up the cross, follow me. It's not your money I want, I want your heart. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.